Okay, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. That's obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. To reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. Here's the thing. Information is power. Information is money. Literally, the currency of today's world of of entrepreneurship is information. And if you could bring all of the, the information about your business into one dashboard, this is incredibly valuable. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of the truth about your business. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. This is so valuable. You just hit a button and you can see all the information about your business instead of having to like call five different departments and get all these emails and put it all together and make sense of it. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash james. netsuite.com slash james netsuite.com slash james life is a highway and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches but there's only one mccrispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show on the Choose Yourself Network. Today on the James Altucher Show. What do you, what do you think has been one of the biggest mistakes or lessons that you've acquired going through this process of kind of investing? Biggest mistake is thinking I am smart at something. So you're only really smart at what you've done yourself personally. And then you're a little bit smart uh, from the books you've read and so on. But, you know, really keeping in mind that you're always very stupid in every other area of life. And there are people who are experts and they're going to destroy you in investing. Mm-hmm. They're going to just eat you alive. So that's why investing in yourself to have access to be able to travel around have time to talk to people so that you could find the smart people, see what they're doing, and then piggyback what they're doing. That's always the best investment. So when I actually make a cash investment in something, it's usually because I'm following someone who's a hundred times smarter than me in that area. I think that's great. I think that's also a great philosophical just way to approach life. Hearing that said uh, recently as well, like you are special at maybe one thing, but you're not special at everything else. So it's okay to to, to double down on the thing that you're good at, but then realize the other 99.9% of things you're not, so don't act like you're the exception to the rule.
I feel a little bit more. And even New York City a little more or LA? New York City, I mean, I was in I was in Texas actually and I was I was talking to somebody who's like an investment guy for a lot of these tech dudes and I was kind of like, you know, my mom's like, oh, you made some money. You should like put some money in a pre-construction condo that'll open in a couple of years. It's a good investment. And then when I speak to him, he's like, you don't have any money, bro. You should be investing in Humble the Poet and only in Humble the Poet. And yeah, that's good advice. Yeah, he's like, you're not, you know, because, you know, net worth are a lot, things are a lot bigger here in scale and everyone's here about speeding it up. And recently I had a talk with another entrepreneur. He's like, you have to figure out your 10-year goal and then you got to figure out how to make it happen in two years. So I get it and... So well, you know what? We should get we should do like a mini podcast just on this because I think this is outside the scope of this book. Yeah. But I think this is valuable. Are we recording? I've been recording. Okay, you made a little bit of money. What what happened next? <laughs> so I thought you know let's uh, you know biggest fear is going broke again because I don't want to go broke again, and uh, you know started talking to people and again in my family with within their scope, my parents have invested in real estate. They just you know we live beside a college. They bought some houses, rented out to students slow boring money but it works and you know my mother was recommending she's like don't lose your money so you know kind of putting a little bit of fear into me you know invest in pre-construction condos and then i was in uh, austin texas and i was talking to a buddy who has a financial consulting firm and he he works exclusively with like vcs and folks in tech and then when explaining to him my situation he's like you don't have any money to invest because the only thing you should be investing in is in yourself and humble the poet no he he's so correct because you know, people always say to me, oh, I have $2,000, $10,000, $50,000. What should I be investing in? And if you think about it, let's just take the $2,000 example. If you take an online photography course and then you're able to book, you know, for $2,000 and then you're able to book one wedding, yeah. you know, at a courthouse, like an elopement where you're going to do the photographs and you're going to charge $1,000 just cheaper than any other photographer. You just made a 50% return yeah. on your investment probably within a few months. Yeah. So, you know, for each, you know, you can't it's hard to invest 50 million dollars into your own self, but like certainly uh, you know, up to a certain order of magnitude, let's say up to 100,000, 200,000, it's really important to just invest in yourself. On your mom's suggestion, by the way, I'm intrigued that she said pre-construction condo because you get that bump in value once the construction is finished. Yeah. So that's a smart way to look at real estate. But again, you, the returns are much better if you just invest in yourself. Yeah. Uh, again, up to a certain amount. But this, people always think that that stocks are gonna be get rich quick. They they are even Warren Buffett made money on the fees he charges people rather than he didn't he didn't he didn't get rich on just. The returns on stocks yeah. is, is also on the fees on all the billions of dollars people invested with him. And uh, uh, it's the same thing for venture capitalists, you yeah. know, unless you're in like the one uh, investment of a decade out of millions. Like an, if you're in an Uber, you can get rich with just a few thousand dollars, but you know, six people did that. And uh, you know, I think that's an important role of investing for each, for who you are and for each scale size of an investment, always you have to ask is the best investment in myself as opposed to other things or other people or other ideas. So that guy had good advice for you. Yeah, and I think for me it's also just about the education. Like I, I was speaking to a friend who, um, he, has, he had a web design company that was eventually purchased by Shopify, and now he, he's a higher up there. And I said, if you can do anything different, what would you do? And he goes, I'd use uh, other people's money to, to have grown my business. And I was just thinking about that idea, and I said, 
if somebody, you know, let's say if you came up to me and said, listen, I love Humble the Poet, here's a million dollars. I'm still in the phase where I was like, what would I do with the million dollars? Well, you know, I had a web design business myself yeah. and people were always trying to invest. And I said, no, we never raised a dime. Yeah. And I, I like the fact that I didn't raise a dime because then I was able to keep total control. I didn't have to, you know, once when you're running your own company, mm -hmm. you think you're the boss, but actually you're the lowest person on the totem pole. Your employees have actually more power than you. Your customers have more power than you. Your partners have more power than you. And your investors have more power than you. Yeah. So, so the more of that you take on, the, the lower down you are and the least, the less decision-making power you have. But one mistake I made, and maybe your friend with the web design business might've made the same mistake. If you're providing a service in a business, it's always of less value than if you make a product. So if I had made, or if your friend had made a product that makes web design easier, mm -hmm. he would have sold for, because that, because software is more scalable, yeah. he would have sold for a higher amount to Shopify. I would have sold a higher, I, you know, I was profitable because I was just providing a service. I didn't have a product that I had to invest in to build. Yeah. So that's the only reason to take in money is if you're going to build something that scales, but that requires a whole skill set. You have to know how to build something, yeah. which you know, you know how to build the things that you've been building, yeah. but building a product is a whole different skill set that people don't realize requires that skill. Yeah, com completely. And I think that, and he, you know, he also went as far as to say, even when he started his company, he's like, you know, we were just a couple young guys, and because our policy was keep three months of uh, uh, costs in the bank and everything else invested back into the company. And I'm like, well, how did you invest it back? He goes through new hires, and that became a constant theme I've been hearing with people is new hires. He's like, if you got an extra hundred grand lying around, hire somebody worth a hundred grand. And I was just like, hire them for what? And then really, and then that required me to kind of really dissect what I've been doing, what's been working, what I would like to do, and how I could find somebody outside of my uh, assistants who are who are college kids, you know, to help me take things to the next level. So I'm fortunate. My sister's an MBA and she's a consultant for some of the banks and airlines and stuff like that. So she just sat me down recently and kind of gave me the the once over. I think it's called a, stress, a strategy session or what have you. So I learned the concept of critical pathways. What's uh, what's the what's the concept of critical pathways? Uh, so you might have seven different things that might be taking you to your goal, whether your goal is making a certain amount of money, having a certain lifestyle, or what have you. And she's like, well, what is the most critical one that if this fell off or this became damaged, you know, everything else would start to suffer from that. So for me, just kind of being like, okay, well, I, I earn from, you know, I, I, I write books, I, I make music, I design clothes, I, I do speaking, I... Uh, I'm an influencer. I have all these different things. And she's like, well, what are the things that if they went away tomorrow, things would be a lot more difficult? And I was like, okay, well, you know, right now those book advance checks are pretty big and they put me in a position which gave me leverage in my music deals because I could have made the music myself and didn't need anybody's money. Um, but also, you know, as my social media grows, that always serves as leverage in any deal because I'm, I'm coming in with a built-in uh, marketing apparatus um so i was like okay she's like well let's focus on those let's give those your 80 percent and all these other things let's start with those with your 20 percent until you can start finding talented people that kind of run run these elements of your ship right so she kind of said basically a similar thing which is that the with this extra money invest in yourself yeah. you have the leverage you're able to invest in yourself by having more leverage in the music deals and more time to focus on creating things that are quality enough to put on your social media and it becomes this virtuous cycle. Whereas if you invested in 
a condo or or put everything into some tech deal that will give you sleepless nights because it's going to take nine years. The typical investment, if it's a good investment, could take seven to 10 years yeah. before you ever see that money again, you yeah. know, even if it works, you know, yeah. that's if it works. So, you know, that was, that was good advice. I think enough young people, you know, or just enough people don't starting out and first getting money don't realize these critical things. Money is like an energy. And the first thing you need to energize is yourself to make more money. Yeah. Completely. So, completely. I have to say, Airbnb has changed my life. I just love staying in Airbnbs. Like in about a month, I'm going to Cocoa Beach, which is right next to Cape Canaveral. I'm going to watch some rocket launches. I'm going to, of course, be staying in a very nice Airbnb on the beach. And it's just such a great experience. Like the whole world is available to us now because of Airbnb. But whenever I'm at an Airbnb, I always realize, you know, I the home that I left to come to this Airbnb, I could be making money on that right now by hosting and and being an Airbnb myself. So, and I've known people, I had a friend who basically, you know, made a living from turning his home into an Airbnb. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you do have an Airbnb there. And it's an e- it can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The famous Abraham Lincoln quote says, good things come to those who wait. I wonder, did he really say that? Jay, did he really say that? Can you look that up? Regardless of who said it, that's only part of the quote. The full quote is, Good things come to those who wait, but only the things left by those who hustle. Well, if you're a business owner and want the best people on your team, the same applies. And listen, I've interviewed 1,500 people now and a lot of entrepreneurs. I can safely say the one thing consistent among all entrepreneurs and CEOs, the the successful ones, is that it's all about the people you surround yourself. You, If you hire well, you're going to have a great business. And, you know, thankfully, ZipRecruiter puts the hustle in your hiring. So you find qualified candidates fast. This is so important, and I, I want you to try it. You could try it as a potential employer or employee. You could try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter's smart technology finds top talent for your roles right away. Immediately after you post your job, if you're hiring, ZipRecruiter's matching technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I will tell you that I signed up on ZipRecruiter as a potential employee. You know, I just wanted to see how it works. And right away, it started matching me with really amazing potential employers. So give it a try at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Let ZipRecruiter give you the hiring hustle you need. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash James to try it for free. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Life is a highway. 
And on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. And I think it, it also made me realize, like, just even going from generation to generation, just even on the train over here, talking to a friend about, you know, our parents came from a different country and they had a, a, a finite amount of tools or access to tools. And, you know, as when we were younger, we might have held that against them, saying, you know, my parents guilted me too much or my parents pressured me to do things and become a doctor, lawyer, and engineer. But that's what was in their scope. And being born and raised in North America, having much more access to tools. We may not just come out the box knowing all these new things. So in my family, I'm one of the first entrepreneurs, let alone an artist. I'm just one of the first entrepreneurs. So, you know, even my mother's advice of real estate is safe and, 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 and secure you know, is based on that's as much as she knows. She doesn't know any, but she, she's a homemaker herself. She doesn't, you know, and that's what she, she realizes. And, and credit to them, you know, my father paid off a mortgage on a house as a cab driver and he paid it off in like 10, 15 years. And, and, and you know, again, as, a, as, an, as an entrepreneur, what it seems like you understand instinctively is that there's kind of the, the, the hub at the core, at the center, which is, you know, your, your writing skills, your music skills, uh, your social media skills and so on. But then there's all the spokes. And mm. in order for the bicycle to ride, all those spokes have to be functional. Yes. And if you kind of take away some spokes to put it all, I'm going to do something completely different, like participate in a real estate deal, the bike might not ride. Completely. You won't get where you want to go. Completely. And, and I think it's also been such a... I'm starting to realize how much it does align with my values. I think I've, you know, in my previous life, I was an elementary school teacher. And the reason I wanted to be a teacher was I wanted to work in a position where I could do it for 30 years and never say two days were the same or I've seen it all. I wanted to be in a situation of lifelong learning. And to hear, you know, when my sister was giving me this strategy session, she, she kept referring to it as iterative learning. She goes, listen, you're never going to have it all figured out. You know, the, 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 the more you accomplish, the more challenges you're going to face. And, and with that, you're going to have to learn new skills, skill sets, and mindsets. And I realized that where it's still that combination of unlearning old things. So for me, um, unlearning the idea that artists aren't allowed to make money without being called a sellout. And being like, no, you know, uh, Andy Warhol said, business is one of the most interesting types of art. And taking it from that perspective, being like, no, it's 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 important to earn. It's important to create resources to maximize impact and, and even selfishly live the life I want to live, which is, you know, having new experiences, being around new people, uh, getting exposure to thought leaders. And that requires a level of access, a level of income, having time to be here in the middle of the day with you. You know, that that in itself requires a resource. Um, so it, it's gotten me really excited. And I mean, I think the, the little level of, of anxiety that comes with like, well, what, who would be my next hire? Because currently I, I've only employed students that are setting my schedule and doing my calendar and, and making sure my social media doesn't fall apart. And now it's like, well, you know, maybe we're going to have to get somebody or headhunt somebody from a company or some sort of like that. So it's an exciting uh, and daunting challenge, but I guess that's how it's supposed to be. But I would be careful about that too. Like yeah. take a very long time to hire. Okay. Make sure you're absolutely just bursting so that if you don't have that just right person, you know, you're going to explode. Because the worst thing is, uh, there's an example from uh, chess. I, I hate to say it. So Bobby Fischer uh, was the world chess champion in 1972, the only American world chess champion ever. And uh, whenever 
two chess champions play with each other. They bring a team of what they call seconds, like in fencing, you have a second. Yeah. And you know, someone to kind of help you out, analyze uh, adjourn games when you sleep and so on. And uh, Bobby Fischer never had a second with him. He was the only player at that level to never have a, 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 a number two. And people would ask him, why don't you have a second? And he said, uh, because I hate giving chess lessons in the middle of the world championship. So you really need to make sure this is the right, that's a big move. You really need to make sure that, you know, you can't take care of everything yourself. Like, yes, you're, it sounds like you're taking care of the things that you really need to delegate yeah. and, and don't want to do yourself. But each one after this is very uh, a critical life decision because yeah. you know there's a saying, a faster way to say this is higher, slow, fire, fast. That's exactly what I was thinking in my head. Higher, slow, fire, fast. That's the one I've been learning. And again, even that shedding my Canadian sensibility so I can fire fast, and that yeah. is kind of you know because the teacher in me always is like when you when you're working with a student and they don't get it, you immediately think, well, what didn't I do correctly? And then I, and I've seen that even with my employees if they make a mistake. Um, oftentimes I'll be like, well, did I communicate it to them clearly? Did I spend enough time training them? I'm always on the road. So most of the time that we're having work sessions is via Skype or, you know, Google Hangouts and really trying to realize, but always remembering, and I, and I heard this from Derek Sivers, uh, audio book. It was, you know, to create your business is like creating your own utopia. Like you get to kind of set the tone of how you, this is your little piece of world and how you want it to be. That's a really good point. And actually that's related to some, one of the things I want to talk about in your new book. So let's, we'll end this session of, uh, uh, humble the poet and investing probably not <laughs> a, a, a thing you would realize would be the topic of an entire mini podcast. I'll just ask you a question though. If, if, if you have any questions for me on investing, not that I have great answers, but you know, you're new to this and I'm bad at it. So maybe I could help you. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, um, I think especially, I think just recently learned, and again, coming from a blue collar family and, you know, being told, you know, there's, there's working for your money and then there's, uh, you know, working for other people, working for yourself. And now I'm learning that investing is, is another way to kind of generate wealth and learning how the United States kind of really provides a lot of privilege to folks in that arena. Um, but the level of access to education doesn't seem to be there in any formal sense. What do you what do you think has been, I guess, vaguely, what has been one of the biggest mistakes or lessons that you've acquired going through this process of kind of investing? Biggest mistake is thinking I am smart at something. <laughs> so mm. you're only really smart at what you've done yourself personally. And then you're a little bit smart uh, from the books you've read and, and, uh, uh, you know, the experiences you've had and so on, but, you know, really keeping in mind that you're always very stupid in every other area of life. And there are people who are experts and they're going to destroy you in investing. Mm -hmm. They're going to just eat you alive. So that's why investing in yourself, uh, you mentioned it, investing in yourself to have access, to be able to travel around, to have time to talk to people so that you could find the smart people, see what they're doing, and then piggyback what they're doing. That's always, that's always the best investment. So when I actually make a cash investment in something, it's usually because I'm following someone who's a hundred times smarter than me in that area. Or if I see someone like me and I look at how they grew, uh, I could see, okay, they didn't, they didn't grow. They didn't suddenly write a book and then make all their money by investing in Google. They invested in themselves 
and they they wrote another uh, book, or they gave talks, or they started a podcast, or they spent more time on their YouTube channel. Uh, you know, they they built that you know hub and spokes and wheel approach around themselves because again, for a long time, the best investment is going to be in yourself, so that you could build that network, so that your other investments, the ones you don't enjoy, you could follow someone who's smart. Like you're not a real estate expert, yeah. <laughs> so you would just. Your only strategy there is if you had surplus money that you weren't going to use to invest in yourself. And by the way, that would be a big number. If you had surplus money, then you just find you find someone who is the expert, maybe your mom, and you say, "Mom, here's some money. Just put it in your next pre-condo, pre-construction condo." Yeah. And every day I have to wake up and tell myself I am stupid at every area of life, even most areas include that that do involve me. And so I it keeps keeps me humble as in your name yeah. and it, it it prevents me from making more bad investment decisions than I have in the past. I think that's great. I think that's also a great philosophical just way to approach life. I think it's uh, hearing that said uh, recently as well, like you are special at maybe one thing, but you're not special at everything else. So it's okay to, to, to double down on the thing that you're good at, but then realize the other 99.9% of things you're not. So don't act like you're the exception to the rule. Right. And I think there's the tendency when you succeed at one thing, you get some, some people saying, oh my gosh, humble, your book was so great. You're a genius. Those are the most dangerous words somebody could yeah. say to you because, oh, if I'm a genius, then I can do other things yeah. that I've never done before because I'm such a genius that these people said so. And that's how you lose all your money. Yeah. You're like, oh, you like me because I'm a great writer. Well, you should also drive a Kia. Yeah. Hashtag ad. Like, yeah. <laughs> So, all right, well, Hubble the Poet on investing, and now we're going to switch to a podcast about his brand new book, which is called Things No One Else Can Teach Us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.